Welcome to the PSA Palliative Care Masterclass Series, where we'll hear from guest speakers on palliative care, including pharmacist roles, timely access to medicines, and conducting meds checks and HMRs from a palliative care perspective. This project is jointly supported by funding from the South Australian and Commonwealth Governments through the Palliative Care 2020 Grants Program. In this episode, Julian Soriano talks about the challenges people experience when accessing medicines for palliative care, how he became a palliative care pharmacist, and how pharmacists and residential aged care facilities are contributing to palliative care planning. So I thought we'd actually start um, just by hearing a little bit about you, so about your credentials and about what um, makes you relevant for the podcast, if that's okay. So just to tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Um, so I've been a registered pharmacist for about five years now um, and worked in a few different settings. Um, started out as a community pharmacist working in a Metro Adelaide location, so in South Australia. Um, and then from there, I started doing consulting work full time. Um, that was mainly based around aged care. Um, so doing RMRs and quality use of medicine services for whole host of different aged care sites um, through metro and rural Adelaide Um, and then I've also um, done some just community work so home medicine reviews for various GPs um, and that kind of thing as well Um, and then now I'm working with the PSA as an embedded aged care pharmacist so similar to my previous role but um, actually embedded in a single nursing home um, uh, their day to day so that's been a really good experience um, and then also as part of that I've now started as a palliative care um, aged care pharmacist so have a focus on particularly the palliative care components of aged care um, and um, with the PSA looking at a project to help establish a, a framework I guess of uh, palliative care um, in aged care and how pharmacists can contribute to that which is where the podcast brings us. Brilliant thank you so how did you become a palliative aged care pharmacist? Um, so it was mainly a journey through um, working a lot in aged care, doing RMRs um, and the QM services. Um, I've seen, I got to see a lot of palliative care, um, that population of people. Um, there's quite a significant number of uh, residents who are undergoing palliative care, end of life care, or even in their terminal phases. Um, and I got to see some really good examples of that. And I got to see some examples that maybe um, had some room for improvement. Um, so yeah, it gave me a really um, a, a good understanding and a, an idea of where palliative care could go and the importance that it plays in a lot of people's lives um, and uh, the significance good palliative care can have. So when I started working with the PSA, I was told about this project that was coming up um, working as palliative care um, and as a pharmacist in palliative care. And I just jumped at it because um, it was something that I've seen in the past and I really think is... Um, an area that pharmacists can have a huge role in and we're probably underutilised in the system. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Um, What are some of the challenges when providing palliative care in a RACF, in particular in regional sites? Um, So there's lots of challenges. Um, I'll talk probably mostly from a pharmacy perspective because uh, that's where I have um, my experience. Um. So timely access to medications is something that is really key um, and that can look in a lot of different forms. Um, Timely access can be making sure that medications are available on site um, when they're needed quickly, um, but also needing to order in specialist formulations, um, subcut injections, even compounded things um, like lozenges and um, uh, different liquids. 
Um, this can be really challenging in uh, rural communities and rural settings as well because there might not be a pharmacy down the road that stocks that particular strength or that particular formulation of medication. Um, and it might take a day or two for the medication to come from suppliers, um, which in a palliative care setting, sometimes uh, someone who's end of life or terminal, um, a, a day or two of uh, severe symptoms can be really significant. Um, some of the other challenges, um, access to specialist palliative care can be challenging too. Um, there might not be a close by specialist palliative care practitioner or service. Um, and again, that might take some time to come out. Um, there's lots of advancements with telehealth, um, but um, accessing these regularly can be tricky. Um, and in a similar vein, um, patients accessing specialist palliative care such as hospice care or transferring to hospital um, can be really tricky in a rural setting um, because this might mean patients need to travel hours um, away from where their families and friends are, uh, which can make their travel for then their family and friends really tricky um, and can make the, that end of life and dying experience um, a lot more um, difficult um, if loved ones aren't around. Um, and then uh, just another challenge that we have in general in palliative care, and this applies to metro and rural, is um, around uh, transfers to hospital or to specialist palliative care services. Um, a lot of residents will choose to die um, in their home, which um, for aged care residents is the nursing home or the aged care facility. Um, so yeah, making sure that um, particularly from our perspective, medications and symptoms are managed in a way that um, it will prevent any of these transfers to um, hospitals or other, other facilities um, if that's what the resident uh, desires. What are the aims of this project? Um, so the project is looking at quite a few different things. Um, the main goal of this project is to develop a sustainable practice model um, within regional aged care in South Australia. Um, facilitate advanced care planning and advanced care directives um, and talking about the seven step pathway um, which is a South Australian um, brand of uh, advanced care planning um, and so we're looking so in South Australia um, a bit a bit of context I guess is we have uh, several pharmacists working embedded in different aged care homes um, all over rural South Australia and rural South Australia is quite large and quite spread out um, so we're looking to utilize all of our aged care pharmacists to help implement a, a strong model where um, the pharmacists can be um, contributing to uh, palliative care and end-of-life care for um, our aged care patients. What have you and the PSA done so far in this project? Um, so it's very early stages in this project. Um, so the early stages have been a lot of mapping out um, a lot of what good palliative care looks like. So what do we hope to achieve and what do we hope to make it look like? Um, we've been talking to a lot of um, practice experts and having meetings with uh, people from all over South Australia um, in regards to what are some of the issues with palliative care, what can we do to fix um, these issues from a pharmacy perspective. Um, locally, I've been um, having a look at some of the services that the nursing home I'm at provides. Um, particularly, we've been looking at things like what's in the impressed, um, how can we improve that, and speaking with local prescribers about um, what medications would they like to see in the impressed and um, what are they comfortable to use in that setting. But I wanted to mention about um, making access to medications for patients undergoing palliative treatment um, as easy and streamlined as can be. So um, there can be a lot of really tricky medications and medications that you wouldn't normally see. So making sure that the resident or the patient knows that this medication is going to be on hand whenever they need that. And that might be that might mean ordering extra stock in of a particular opioid or um, subcut injection. Um, but ensuring them that 
that medication will be there anytime you need. Um, and developing relationships with the prescribers um, so that if the patient has run out of this medication, you can phone them quickly and say, hey, can I get a prescription or can I have access to this um, for this patient? Because that can be a great source of stress for a lot of patients is not having access to these really important um, medications. How do pharmacists currently contribute to palliative care for the RACF residents? Um, so we contribute to palliative care in a lot of different ways. Um, a lot of time we probably don't even realise that we're doing it. Um, but pharmacists, um, and we like to say, the most accessible healthcare professionals, um, but we, in that role we end up providing a lot of advice and a lot of uh, support for residents going through palliative care or in that terminal end-of-life stage, um, but also their families and carers and loved ones, um, particularly around um, using their medications. So at the moment, we provide a lot of information um, for those patients. Um, patients who are at home will obviously provide all of those medications and um, information um, on how to use them. Uh, how to dispose of and store them properly is another really important um, aspect. Um, and this is something that we will help aged care facilities with, is the um, correct disposal and uh, storage of um, sometimes uh, S8 or very uh, fairly dangerous medications as well. Um, another role that we can have is helping patients and their carers um, navigate through systems. Um, the systems of palliative care can be very uh, complex and there can be multiple, multiple resources for these patients to to go through. So um, your local community pharmacist can be a great place for people to start and ask those initial questions of how do we engage with palliative care, how do we start a, um advanced care directive, um, that kind of thing too. Um, obviously, our key role in a, a lot of uh, different clinical spaces is um, access to medication. So again, we're um, providing access for the residential aged care facilities, but the patients and the carers to um, medications. Um, pharmacists are involved in uh, medication reviews. So this can be in the form of a clinical review, like an RMMR or a HMR, which um, is at the person's home um, and then given directly to the GP. Um, but we also play a really important role in things like meds checks. Um, which is maybe an underutilized service um, by community pharmacy, but um, a meds check for a palliative or end-of-life patient can be really important. Um, it can help reassure carers um, that what uh, about the person's medications, um, help them clear up which medications are used for which symptoms, because um, these patients can have quite a number of new medications um, quite suddenly thrust upon them. And some medications that um, are there on an as-needed basis, which might not be used very regularly, and it's quite easy for those medications to um, slip out of focus and um, concentration. So, yeah, putting together uh, a clear medication management plan, perhaps updating the patient's medication um, history or record can be really important um, for these patients um, to give them some peace of mind. Um we're also involved, these medication reviews can also look at things like anticipatory prescribing, um, which is prescribing for uh, possible future symptoms um, or looking at if a patient become, has dysphagia and is unable to swallow their oral medications. We can um, ahead of time make plans to um, manage that person's medication rather than having the inevitable Saturday night phone call of all of the issues have happened now and we need a, a call out at two in the morning for these new medications or um, that kind of thing. Um, pharmacists in this space also provide a lot of education. Um, so some pharmacies will use the quality use of medicine funding um, provided to them to do education at their residential aged care facilities. Um, and these can be aimed at 
nurses, care staff, um, anybody working there really. Um, some places we even run sessions for carers and families and um, residents themselves to help them understand um, the medications and some of the intricacies of caring for a person um, at the end of their life. The pharmacist, again, I mentioned being very accessible, um, can provide a lot of um, bereavement support for a resident's family um, who might have passed away. Um, so they get to see that, they can still see that person quite regularly. Um, and they can be um, a first port of call for that person to seek um, more help if, if they're needed with their grieving. How can pharmacists be involved in the solution? Um, so at the moment, we are involved in all of these things um, that we just previously mentioned, um, but we probably don't advocate enough for it and we're probably not the first um, health professional that's thought of when a patient um, needs to become palliative. So I think a really key component and something that we're going to focus on on the project is advocacy for pharmacists in these areas. Um, my advice is if you are currently working in an area um, such as aged care, um, making sure you're making contact with the uh, nurses or whoever is running the healthcare the aged care facility, um, and particularly the local prescribers and local palliative care service team, um, to tell them that hey, I exist, I'm here. These are all the things that I can offer. Um, you know, come to me when there when there are issues. Um, using things like um, local MAC meetings, so medication medication advisory committee meetings. Um, to promote palliative care and good palliative care. Um, an example is we've recently used our local um, MAC meeting at our residential aged care facility to promote or to um, inform them about increasing their impressed and what medications we could look at adding to the impressed to support good palliative care um, in that uh, community. Um, as part of that process, again, is speaking with... Um, GPs and other uh, prescribers in the area about what they're comfortable and what they're um, happy to use. Um, advanced care directives can be another important um, role that pharmacists play. So um, speaking to palliative care patients um, who may already have an advanced care director or looking at planning one um, about involvement in uh, helping set out what they would like happen with their medications um, towards end of life and perhaps having a medication management plan for those final stages um, where that might look at things like deprescribing um, or anticipatory prescribing, like we discussed. Pharmacists that are thinking about going into palliative care, um, what's it, what advice would you have for them if they were thinking about that as an area of interest? For me, going into palliative care, um, it's an area where you can make a real big difference for a lot of people. Um, there, there's a quote that's gone around that says, you only get one opportunity at dying, so make sure it's a good one. Um, so you can have a really big impact um, for some of these patients and form some really good um, bonds with um, particularly the carers and um, loved ones as well. Um, I feel from a personal point of view, it's an area where you can have quite a bit of job satisfaction because you can see direct impact um, on these uh, families and um, helping them um, go through a very difficult time, but making it easier for them and you know removing elements of stress such as do they have access to their medications? Um, in a timely way. Um, so that's definitely an area. Um, speaking with local, so experiencing palliative care is really important. So I've signed up to do a um, PEPA placement, um, which is a practical experience with a um, palliative care team or experts, um, but something along those lines would be a really good place to begin um, uh, a career or adventure into palliative care.
Not everybody will be directly working in palliative care, but sometimes they might be in the community or the hospital pharmacy. And so they may not see enough people to have these continuous conversations. So if someone was to approach the topic or not have much experience in it, but wanted to start off, what advice would you say if they were going to be giving to advi- advice to a patient who was considering palliative care options? Sure. Um, there's a lot of resources available to people. Um, some of those resources can be things like written resources, um, uh, that are written by lots of different um, organizations. Um, there are also palliative care specialty teams um, or specialty services in each of the areas. Um, depending on where you're practicing, it might be good to, before these questions come up, um, find out who those palliative care teams are and um, how you can access and communicate with them. Um, there are some other, there's some really handy, so there are some really handy phone apps. Um, so things like Palliage and Palliage GP um, and Pallimeds, they're all phone apps, which are really, really handy for um, uh, looking at things like uh, terminal symptoms and what medications might be able to be managed there. Um, all of these also provide um, resources that you can either phone or read um, yourself, um, and some can be patient-friendly resources as well. So there is a whole wealth of um, knowledge um, for practitioners out there who might not be experiencing this um, frequently. You said that there's a lot of opportunity for pharmacists in the area of palliative care. So if you were going to say what you hoped it would look like in the next couple of years, what do you think you would like to see pharmacists doing in the aged care and palliative care space? Um, Ideally, I'd love for pharmacists to be called upon each time a person is looking to um, commence on a palliative care journey um, and then through all of the phases of their palliative care journey, so particularly uh, end of life and terminal um, phases, um, having a pharmacist involved in their discussions about their medications can has lots and lots of benefits. Um, we can reduce medication burden, we can reduce a lot of the side effects and um, unnecessary side effects that these medications might cause. Um, but also a lot of reassurance around making sure that patients know how to access their medications, how to use their medications, and are comfortable to do that. Um, so ideally in the future, um, I'd love to see the uh, more pharmacists working specifically in palliative care, um, and particularly providing um, more specialty services or connecting and liaising with specialty services in areas that might not have as good access, such as rural settings. Can you talk to us about how a pharmacist working in palliative care can be mindful of self-care? Self-care is a really important uh, strategy for practitioners looking at palliative care. Um, Pharmacist support services um, have really good support services for pharmacists um, to access. So if you are feeling emotionally um, affected by um, a particular case or working in this field, um, they have some really good resources as well. Um, And then Reach Out Australia um, also have um, some resources to develop um, a self-care plan. Um, which is something you could look um, into the future and um, anticipate some of these issues um, with a resource like that. Do you have any tips for providing a meds check or HMR from a palliative care point of view? So some tips I would have um, about conducting a medication review uh, or a meds check for a uh, patient going through palliative care um, would be one, um, anticipate prescribing um, so that's looking for future problems um, so a patient might be um, very early on their palliative care journey now um, and still able to take all of their oral medications um, and not having too many issues but looking into the future about um, if this patient might experience something like dysphagia um, which medications can be crushed 
which medications will need to be changed to other dose forms such as a liquid or um, do we need to look at subcutaneous administration of medications um, so making sure that there's a clear plan there and this could even involve speaking with their prescriber about um, what medications might be suitable for them um, an example we have a lot in aged care are um, a lot of patients with um, severe renal um, function issues and they might not be suited for a medication like morphine so talking to the prescribers ahead of time about if this patient was to experience pain um, and we can no longer use their oral medications what subcut options are available um, and this can be quite tricky um, as subcut options for opioids um, are very varied um, and different prescribers have different preferences so looking to make sure that the nursing home has the correct or the medications that might be used in stock ahead of time. Um, other other um, tips for medication plans is making sure that the carer, um, so if this is a community patient, um, all the nurses at the nursing home um, understand what each medication is designed for and which symptoms um, they use to treat, um, as there can be quite a few medications added onto the chart um, for PRN use or just as needed use. Um, so making sure there's a written plan about when to use what medications um, for which symptoms. Um, and then writing up a uh, paper or a physical uh, medication list for that resident. Um, and that's really handy if there is any transitions of care. Um, those medications and that list can come with that patient um, wherever they need to go. Um, and that will take a lot of stress out of um, remembering a medication history. What other situations other than RACF would a pharmacist provide palliative care services? Today we've spoken a lot about um, palliative care in aged care. Um, palliative care isn't exclusive to aged care. Palliative care can be in lots of different settings um, and there are lots of different pharmacists and other health professionals working in palliative care in other settings such as community um, patients as well. So um, a lot of the tips and resources today have been very aged care specific um, for our pharmacists, but keeping in mind, particularly if you're practicing out in the community, um, you might have people from all different walks of life, young and old, who are looking to um, undergo palliative care. Um, so it's important to keep that um, in the back of your head that um, lots of different groups of people might be experiencing that. Uh, there's lots of opportunities to do different things in this area um, and we've started at a place, but if you want to contact us, um, my details will be in show notes. Um, and I would love to hear from anybody who's already working in this area and who might have some advice or who's looking to um, engage in a palliative care program with their aged care facility or in their communities um, and um, would like some advice um, on how to get that started. Thank you for listening to the PSA Palliative Care Masterclass Series. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.